Fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Forget him, kid. To infinity and beyond! It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor at all. So you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me, and my natural response could be to get offended. Well, fine, let's talk about it. Any thoughts of, of your own on this matter? Or do you, is that your thing? You come into a bar, you read some obscure passage, and then pretend you, you pawn it off as your own idea just to impress some girls? Just another American who saw too many movies as a child. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. And it is very appropriate to finish off the intro with the all right, all right, all right for this particular episode because we are talking dazed and confused. And I think we're going to have a Matthew McConaughey quote-a-thon probably here a little bit tonight. So, Oh, how could you not? It's, it's just it's it's gonna happen. iconic. Oh, it is. I mean, and that was a... Well, let's just jump right into some little trivia here. That was a totally ad-libbed line. Like, that wasn't in the script. It was just kind of his plan. It was that character, Wooderson, was based on his brother, and he was just ad-libbing some stuff as he was going along, and, and that is probably the most... It's become his line. I mean, he himself, as mm-hmm. part of his personal brand, does that all the time. And even people mm-hmm. who have never seen this movie before... The moment you flash Matthew McConaughey's picture on the screen, everybody in their brain hears, all right, all right, all right. And it's not just that there's another line from this that's kind of part of his brand, too. Yeah. Just keep living. L-I-V-I-N. L-I-V-I-N. Yep. That's tied to his dad somehow, too. Okay. I wonder if I can find that somewhere. Which other trivia, I believe his dad passed away while they were making this movie. Yep. And he had to take a little break to do the funeral and, and some other stuff. Yeah. You know, let's see if I can find that. Cause I'm pretty sure I've seen the interview where he talks about how that is something to do with his dad. Like his dad had died and that was sort of what he was. His dad was all about. You just got to keep living. Yeah. Well, as you've already heard, Bo, Bo is here with me this evening. Hi, yo, 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 Bo. Patrick is also here. Hey, Hey guys. And are we feeling dazed and confused? Every day, <laughs> my friend. I, I, yeah. Every yeah. day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we're living dazed and confused faculty edition. Uh, okay, the kids all go out. It school's out for the summer. Huh? And then all the faculty is <laughs> sitting in meetings. It's not as exciting as a movie. Yeah, no. That's a, that's a little inside joke that for years... On the last day of school, they've played uh, schools out for summer. I'm sure schools do that everywhere, but I wonder how many schools know that that's also done in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. If there's a cool administrator, they do. That's true. That's true. Now, I know we've told this story on the podcast before, but I feel like if you're going to talk about schools out Mm -hmm. and you're going to talk about the last day of school, we might have to reference a certain exit that a certain host of ours might have done from a mm-hmm. class his freshman mm-hmm. year of high school. I mean, tell the story. I mean, 
there's a window of time, Bo, where we can have that conversation. And I'm, I'm fine with jumping into it or out of it. But uh, yeah, last day of school, freshman year, I jumped out of a window. And, and <laughs> while he was on the first floor, ladies and gentlemen, I, I think it's important to explain that the first floor of this building wasn't the first floor of a normal building. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it was, was up a little higher because the lower level wasn't like grade level. It, it kind of stuck up a little bit. It was, it was like a baker's first story. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Yeah, and I, and I don't know if our if our intrepid host had uh, calculated that in his leap. No, our intrepid host uh, did tweak his ankle a little bit jumping mm. out of that window. But uh, you bet your sweet bippy that when he walked back into that school, that he did not limp one bit. Indeed, mm-hmm. indeed, because that would show weakness, he, and we he took it like no. a champ. He did, uh-huh. and then he went home and wept. <laughs> And then, uh, and then he went home and found lots and lots of Icy Hot. Yeah. Yeah. I smell Ben Gay in here. Mm, yeah. <laughs> smell, smell Ben Gay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It was, it was the last day of school, freshman year, and uh, I decided we had these huge windows. They were, think like church window. I think mean, yeah. huge. Massive windows. Yes. And, you know, they much were, like. They were asking to be jumped out of. Exactly. Indeed. I took the Captain Kirk and Star Trek V philosophy and thought, you know what? There's an open window. I jump out I, of it because it's there. I will go through it. <laughs> yes. And so, yeah. So, and the, the nice thing was there was a door leading back into the school. And this is before schools really locked down their doors and everything else. So, yeah. So I jumped out the window. And by the time the rest of the class had kind of left the room, I was already back in the building. I had come around the corner. I was back in the building. I was headed to my locker. And people from the other side of the school, by the time I got to my locker, there were people that I knew were clear from the other side of the school were <clears> passing <throat> me up going, hey, heard you jumped out of the window in the French room. It's like, yeah, wow. yeah. Weren't you, don't you have like a class down in the basement? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I heard about that. Oh, all right. And and, and keep right, in mind, all right, all right. keep in mind, boys and girls, this is uh, pre cell phone era, so mm-hmm. news news travels fast. Uh, yes. Well, the building wasn't that big. It wasn't that big, no. But uh, my proudest moment, not my wife's proudest moment, but my proudest moment was uh-huh. when they did a little story when they were doing some renovations on that building before they had torn it down. They were working on renovating it, and there is actually in a Chicago Tribune article from the early 2000s, there is a little paragraph in there where the French teacher says, yeah, we even had a student jump out of one of these windows. Like, yeah. Not only did I do that. Your moment of fame. Not only did I do Mm -hmm. that, I got immortalized in the newspaper. Like, years later. It's incredible. So, there's certain things that once you accomplish, you're like, I I could die happy now. This is not one of them, but, you know, there are certain things. But I do enjoy telling the story from time to time. Yes. Yeah. When, whenever we discuss the ending of school, I uh, feel like it's always, yeah, yeah. I, I and maybe know. that's the maybe that's the lens that we should watch this movie through. That's the, the nostalgia with which we're going to watch Dazed and Confused. The the feeling that yeah. you felt that day. I I felt dazed and confused, as I often did as a young mm. man. So, all right, all right, all right, all right. I'm going to say that so many times this episode. Here, here's a quick thing. I'm going to pull back the curtain just a little bit for, for the minor amount. John, of, warn me I, before you're going to. Hey, you know what? Expose yourself like it's, that. 
if you can't handle the heat, stay out of the podcast. All right. No, no. Um, oh boy. That's why we don't have a YouTube channel. In this is for radio. Right. In editing this show, there is a tool that I have where I can go through and I can cut out all the times that we say or or as much as possible. <laughs> what I have found is because then I can search for certain words and I know which of you says, you know, a lot or I know which of mm-hmm. you says, know what I mean, a lot or I happen mm-hmm. to know that I'm the idiot that is constantly <laughs> saying, all right, all right. <laughs> I think I must say all right at least a dozen times per episode. All right. And the problem is I'm going to have to check it this time because I'm talking about it, and I can't just use my search feature and delete them all because otherwise this story won't make any sense. Yeah, you might just have to leave them in. I'm going to leave them in this time. That's when you get in trouble. All right, our movie this time is Dazed and Confused, and I think we're just jump right in here. So we spoil freely, so just be warned. If we happen to mention the title of a movie and you don't want to hear anything about it, skip ahead a couple of seconds, and we should be done talking about it. Make sure you head over to our website, 30podcast.com. You can hit us up on Patreon on there. We've got a lot of great bonus stuff over there. Supporting us on Patreon, really, if you're able to. I know some, some folks can't, and if you can't, uh, just... Share the show with somebody else. If you know somebody else that loves 80s and 90s movies, loves listening to a bunch of nerdy guys sitting around talking about movies, most of our show is pretty much, it it sounds like a group of friends sitting around talking movies because that's exactly what we are. And we invite you into the friend group so that you can talk movies with us. Mm -hmm. Share the show. If you are unable to help financially, share the show if you can. If you're enjoying the show and you can throw $2, $3 a month towards the Patreon there, that really helps us kind of cover the costs of the show. You know, none of us are quitting our day jobs because of the podcast, but it does help cover some of the different costs of hosting and website and and some of those different things. So we're just trying to, we're enjoying this. So we're just trying to cover some of those costs so that we can continue to enjoy it without folks looking at bank statements and going, wait, why did we pay for this? And and why are we paying for that? And so the less of that, that the illustrious host has to do with the other people he shares a bank account with, probably the better. Because mm-hmm. questions are mm-hmm. raised, and sometimes there is no explanation. Right. Wait, I thought you had a microphone. Why do you need another one? <laughs> Why don't I have three heads? They're all so beautiful. No. These are these are not the questions you should <laughs> ask. <laughs> what is that over there? <laughs> that doesn't work. So anyway, yes, Patreon. We got a bunch of bonus stuff over there. If you're able to help it that way, we thank you so much to those who are helping to support the show in that way. We appreciate you all so much. And it's been a lot of fun getting to know some of our Patreon co-executive producers over there. So we, yeah. we love continuing to, to put out the bonus content. We love getting to know you all. We've had some of you on for bonus episodes and, and regular episodes and things like that. So just thank you so much to those who are helping to uh, contribute to the show in that way. And if you want to as well, there is a spot on our website. If you head over to 30podcast.com. So. Okay, let's just we'll jump right in. The way the show is kind of divvied up is we've got Trivia Pursuits. We go through and we talk a little bit about the movie, some of the background, the actors, the director, other things that they've worked on. We give you the 10 major moments. We kind of break down the plot into 10 major moments so that if you haven't seen it or haven't seen it recently, this is kind of a quick flyby of the plot to get you up to speed. 
and then we go into our deeper thoughts, where we kind of get into more of our opinions on the movie and our take on it, and then we finish everything up with three questions that are loosely, most times, based. I hate when people put that question mark on the teleprompter. But uh, loosely based on the movie that we're talking about uh, a little bit. If, if anybody's a fan of old school daily show from the Craig Kilborn days when he had the five questions segment, it's, it's a little bit along that vein. So that is usually how we end things. So that is, that is the structure of the show. If you're joining us for the first time. All right. Trivia pursuits came out on September 24th, 1993 rated R runtime of one hour, 42 minutes directed by Richard Linklater. Who did Boyhood and Before Sunset, uh, also written by Richard Linklater, who did Waking Life and A Scanner Darkly. Producers were Richard Linklater, Sean Daniel, and James Jacks. Daniel did The Mummy and Tombstone. James Jacks did The Scorpion King and Hard Target. Uh, cinematographer Lee Daniel, who did Before Sunrise and Suburbia. Editor was Sandra Adair, who did School of Rock and Boyhood. Production company, company is Gramercy Pictures. Budget was eight, uh, $6.9 million. Box office was $7.9 million. So it was, as they say in the business, a bit of a flop in the box office, but uh, did become a cult classic over the years. Flickmetrics mm-hmm. gives it a 78%. That's kind of on the higher end of the Flickmetrics scores that we tend to see. Uh, did not find a cinema score for this one. Uh, Jason London played Randall Pink Floyd. He was in Out Cold and The Man in the Moon. Wiley Wiggins was Mitch Kramer. He was in Waking Life and Frontier. Rory Cochran was Ron Slater. He was in Empire Records and A Scanner Darkly. Adam Goldberg was Mike Newhouse. He was in Saving Private Ryan and A Beautiful Mind. Anthony Rapp was Tony Olson. He was in Rent and Six Degrees of Separation. Sasha Jensen was Don Dawson. Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Grind. Mila Jovovich was Michelle Burroughs. She was in The Fifth Element and Resident Evil. Sean Andrews was Kevin Pickford. He was in Fix and Big Heart City. Marissa Rabisi was Cynthia Dunn. She was in True Crime and Pleasantville. Dina Martin played Siobhan Wright. She was in Chump Change and Getting Hal. Michelle Burke was Jody Kramer. She was in Coneheads and Little Witches. Matthew McConaughey was David Wooderson. He was in Interstellar and Dallas Buyers Club. All uh, right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. <clears throat> Have you have you guys seen a lot of Matthew McConaughey movies? Just a couple. Good. Yeah. Good. I don't know how you define a lot, but all right. Well, I was I was waiting to see if anybody said no, because then I could say it'd be cooler if you did. <laughs> oh. But you have, and so that's fine. So it's cool sorry, that you John. have. We'll we'll do it that way. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. A little 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 paraphrasing. Some Wooderson isms. That's not easy to say. Cole Hauser played Benny O'Donnell. He was in Goodwill Hunting and Pitch Black. Joey Lauren Adams was Simone Kerr. She was in Chasing Amy and Big Daddy. I believe this was her first movie that she was in. I also believe, did I read somewhere that isn't Renee Zellweger in this movie as an uncredited extra? I had read that as well. Did you I read that too? Okay. See her, but I have read that. She's like girl in car number three or something like that. Right. Yeah. Which I might not have noticed because I feel like younger Renee Zellweger and Joey Lauren Adams, to me, always looked fairly similar. Yes. So I'm sure if she was in there and I spotted her, I might have just confused her for Joey Lauren Adams. So. And then finally, the one that shocked the heck out of me because I watched this on my phone because that's all the time I had was to watch this on my phone during lunch breaks. When the movie came to an end and I'm watching the credits and it comes to Fred O'Banion, whose actor was in Argo and Goodwill Hunting, and it came up with the name Ben Affleck, I stopped and went, what? 
Ben Affleck was in this movie? <laughs> so then I had to do a quick rewinding, and I shoved my phone right up to my eyeballs, my ocular cavities, if you were, shoved them right up there, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that is Ben Affleck. But it took me a moment. So, boys and girls, that's let that be a lesson to you. As much as possible, watch movies on a bigger screen. Yeah. I mean, phones are fine in a pinch, but really movies should be watched on a bigger screen. Now, granted, yes. if that's all I have time for in our busy schedules, I'm going to watch it on the phone, and then at some point later, I'll go back and rewatch it on a bigger screen. But movies need to be watched on a as big screen as possible. Yes. So. Yes. I'm going to take a moment and take a short break there and ask you guys if if this news that has come out now, it's a little bit of old news for anybody listening to this at this point because we do record some of these a little bit ahead of time. Does it bother either of you that the news has come out that Best Buy will stop selling physical media? Best Buy is going to stop selling physical media. They're going to stop selling DVDs and Blu-rays and 4K DVDs, 4K UHD discs. Is Best Buy still open? See, that was one of my first questions, too. I mean, I, occasionally okay. I do go to Best Buy for other things, and I will go to Best Buy to look at their movies. But, uh -huh. but Best Buy does not have the best prices. It, no. it is not the best buy when it comes to buying movies and DVDs and whatnot. And their selection has shrunken over the last several years yeah. to the point where the only people that I know are on these online groups that I'm a part of where people go to Best Buy to get like the special limited edition steel book that they're selling. Mm -hmm. oh. That's pretty much the only thing people are buying from Best Buy. Otherwise I went in the other day. I was like, ah, oh, let's just, let's see what they got. It's, it's been a minute since I've been in here looking at movies. And uh, it was like, uh, ooh, they have a really nice new 4K version of Princess Bride for how many $60? Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, no, no thank you. Millage. Yeah. <clears throat> Inflation is what brings us together today. today. And the reason why I will watch discs from the Wibwewi. Yeah. Yep. So, okay, well, then you have not heard the news if you were... If, if your response was, is Best Buy still open? Yes, okay. I, that, yes. Okay. It's, I had heard the yeah. news, but I don't know. If, if you really want physical media, yeah. do you really have to go to a physical store to get it? No. That was sort of my thing. I was like, okay. But if I really want that Blu-ray, there are places I can get it. Yeah, I might have to work. Yeah. Just a little harder, but that's not bad. I don't remember if I mentioned this during a recording or if it was pre or post recording, but I have found a bunch of the little, like I've, I've saved and bookmarked a bunch of the little like boutique, like arrow video and some of those. Yeah, I feel like that was, was that the one of the last recording one of the last recordings recordings before? Okay. Yeah. I remember you saying something about I, that. I couldn't remember if we were talking about it while we were on mic or not. And uh, so I found a few of those, and I'm looking at those. I'm like, you know what? I, so I might pay five bucks extra for some of the DVDs if I buy them this way. But everything I'm reading is a lot of times when you buy them from those companies like Arrow Video and, and some of the other ones, like they actually take a little bit more care in the transfers that they use. When they're creating the discs, like the discs themselves, the, the movie itself through those companies as opposed to when it's released by – Universal or Sony or who are more about just get the discs out and get massive amounts of them out. When Arrow and some of these others make the discs, like they are actually putting quality time 
and effort into making these discs. So supposedly, what I've heard is if you get a movie from one of those versus buying it from one of the kind of like mass market kind of deals, you may get a better quality movie. Like you might be getting better sound, you might be getting better video, better color. So, I mean, I'm kind of leaning towards most of my movies. I think most movies I've gotten in recent memory have just been something I've bought off Amazon. Mm -hmm. And that's typically where I'm going to go to get them unless I'm in a store somewhere and happen to spot something and I pick it up. But for the most part, I think I'm going to start looking at some of those little, you know, the smaller, more boutique kind of places for lack of a better term. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't know that it really bothers me. There's there's a bunch of people in some of these online groups that are all up in arms. Oh, Best Buy is getting out of the game. What are we going to do now? And and I feel like a lot of people's responses after they've thought about it for a hot second is exactly what Pat said. And they're like, "Wait, Best Buy is still open?" Mm-hmm. Oh man, I used to go buy my stuff from Circuit City. I can't get in there anymore. Mm-hmm. I I know this this I I do not mean to offend anyone with what I'm about to say. I'll do it. But I can't help but hear that outrage in the tenor and timbre of a voice from The Simpsons. Uh, Best Buy will not sell me DVDs anymore. I will sell them in my store myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it feels like a comic book guy thing. Like, it's a joke. Come on, people. Best Buy mm-hmm. is the worst electronics store ever. There you go. Yeah. Like, eh, yeah, whatever. whatever. It's Best Buy's fine. It's my, um, my yeah. curiosity, honestly, is what are they going to put on the shelves instead? <sighs> Refrigerator. Because the last time I was in there, I wasn't blown away with anything. No. That That's... they had. I was in there for a very specific reason I was looking for of all the stupid things. The thermal paste that you use to replace a cpu unit in an actual computer like oh yeah that's what that's i had for. a specific reason to be there because i didn't want to wait the two days for shipping oh that's what you mm-hmm. use your thermal paste for well yeah oh hi <laughs> okay there's a new there's a new question for three questions what do you use your thermal paste for yeah that's extraordinary what would you like to do next uh-huh and and yeah. when I was there, I was like, uh, so this is what Best Buy is now, huh? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did hear, I'm, I'm trying to remember where it was, might have been on Saturday Night Live. They were doing a thing. They had kind of mentioned the Best Buy thing, and then I think they were talking about how Netflix is going to open brick-and-mortar stores now. And I think, mm-hmm. the, I think the joke they told was something like, Netflix has now turned into a serial killer that, like, wears the skin of its victims, and it showed a picture of an old blockbuster. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Now, that's something that Best Buy could do with some of its shelf space. Mm -hmm. You know, you go in there now and there's like the little Apple store. Yeah. And the little Windows store and the little Chrome store. It's the little Netflix store. There you go. You could have have Mm -hmm. a little Blockbuster. Like that would bring back the nostalgia. And then you would still get your physical media at the Best Mm -hmm. Buy. It would just be Netflix sponsored. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've solved all of the problems right now. Like Macy's now contains a shell of Toys R Us's former self. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's like this. I think we've solved this. I think someone needs to. We've solved all the problems. Yeah. All right. Well, we've gone from being dazed and confused to solving all the retail problems of the world. So, mm-hmm. everybody, you're welcome. And uh, we'll see you the back here next week. 30 something retail cast. That's right. Mm-hmm. We'll astound you with our 
something. Yeah. I don't our, our lack of knowledge. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Our lack of knowledge and our plethora of pontificating. Would you I say we have last, a plethora? <laughs> I, I, I think would. this last conversation that we just had for the last few minutes here about Best Buy should have been like, we should print the transcript and do a dramatic reenactment using like Slater's voice. Oh. Mm. Yeah, man. So like Best Buy, it's it's awesome, man. They're going to take this off. The, I just I just think that that's, I think that would be fitting for this movie. I don't know. I, we could mix this movie with our, our like slogans for physical media at Best Buy. Do you buy your DVDs at Best Buy? It'd be cooler if you did. Cooler if you did. An untapped market, Best Buy. I don't know what you think you're doing here, but yes, you know, I guess I will continue to go for you, go to you for my dongles, and that's pretty much it. Okay, okay, we're getting yeah, personal. Yeah, and now we're working blue again with the dongles. It's, I just don't know. You know, it's they're there for all of your dongle and thermal paste needs. Exactly. Yep. Anyway, okay. Little trivia here for you. One sixth, I'm sure you can believe this. One sixth of the budget was spent on acquiring the rights to these '70s songs that are on this soundtrack. I can believe that. I absolutely believe it. This soundtrack is amazing. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll talk more about it later. I'm sure we'll play some little clips here and there, but we'll we'll talk yeah. about it. But this is, yeah, this is an amazing soundtrack. I already did mention Matthew McConaughey's father did die early on in the filming of this, so they did shut down production a bit while he was helping to arrange and attend the funeral for that. I did also mention that his character of Wooderson was based on his older brother. In fact, a lot of the characters in this movie are based on actual people, not always with their consent. Patrick, I think you and I both read that there was a, a bit of a, a bit of a lawsuit that was brought against mm-hmm. Richard Linklater and Universal Studios. Yes. Yeah, he did because he made this movie based on his time in high school. He chose to use the exact names of some of the people that he knew in high school and without their knowledge or consent. And so later they sued, and I I believe eventually it was dismissed because time had run out, but so. You're going to get some feedback when you do that. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. One of his intents with this movie, and we'll talk about this a little bit later because I think it, I mean, obviously we're we're going to make some comparisons between this and American Graffiti because they are Mm -hmm. so very similar to each other. His intent with this movie, however, was not necessarily to pay any kind of homage to American Graffiti, but instead to kind of create what he called an inverse John Hughes movie. That John Hughes movies, he felt, heightened the drama, like brought about drama that, according to Richard Linklater, he's like, look, when I was in high school, we didn't have drama. Most of our time in high school was spent going to school and then driving around trying to find something to do. Like not a lot of drama going on like you see in those in those John Hughes movies. So I want to show something that shows what high school was really like for me. And high school was there wasn't really a lot of plot to high school. It was a lot of hanging mm-hmm. out and a lot of figuring out what to do. Yeah. Um, not a lot of plot and drama. So, so trying to be a a bit of an inverse of the uh John Hughes type movie which if you guys know the French term, which is going to come up next week in the movie that we're doing next week, is one of those French movies called the Rite de Passage. Mm-hmm. Have you guys have heard those mm-hmm. before? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This was also the debut movie for Matthew McConaughey. 
for Wiley Wiggins, who played Mitch Kramer, for Marissa Rabisi, who played Cynthia, Sean Andrews, who played Kevin Pickford, and Renee Zellweger, who was Girl in Blue Truck. Marissa Rabisi. Yes. And she played who? She played Cynthia, was her character's name. And who is Cynthia? Cynthia was, at one point in the movie, she was making, she's the one that made the comment about the, she had the theory about the decades. She's like, I have the theory about the decades, like, this decade was cool, this decade was boring. Oh, here, I got it right here. I call it the every other decade theory. The 50s were boring, the 60s rocked, the 70s, my God, they obviously suck. So maybe the 80s will be, like, radical. I figure we'll be in our 20s, and hey, it can't get any worse. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I suppose is true. Mm Mm-hmm. Is she related to Giovanni Ribisi? That is an excellent question. I believe she is the twin sister of Giovanni Ribisi. Okay. Yes, she is. Yeah, and she was in, obviously she's in Dazed and Confused. She was in the Brady Bunch movie. She was in Pleasantville. Yeah, so. But yeah, yeah, twin sister to Giovanni Ribisi. Mm Mm-hmm. With a name like Rabisi, you feel like there's not a whole lot of those in Hollywood, so they're probably going to be related. Yeah, yeah, I could imagine. All right, let's see. We got, I think that's it for the trivia that I got here. So real quick, we're going to play, I'll give you a quick little synopsis here. We'll play the trailer audio for you, and then we'll jump on into our major moments for this one. In a world where high school rules and rock and roll reign supreme, experience the ultimate night of teenage freedom. Starring Jason London as the conflicted jock, Wiley Wiggins as the new kid, Rory Cochran as the laid-back philosopher, and Adam Goldberg as the outspoken intellectual. This is Dazed and Confused, where the classes may end, but the lessons last a lifetime. This country is founded by people who were into aliens, man. George Washington, man, he was in a cult. And the cult was in the aliens, man. You didn't know that? No. Oh, man, they were way into that type of stuff, man. Benny! You're getting air from there, man. It's no good. It was the last day of school. Miss Crawford, I was thinking that maybe you and I can get together over the summer. I mean, it'll be legal. I mean, come on. It was the first day of summer vacation. Do you guys know anything about a party here tonight? No, sir. It was a time they will never forget. There's a new fiesta in the making as we speak. I thought he was cute. You thought he was cute? Do you realize when he graduated, we were like three years old? If only they could remember it. Okay. So you're not going to go to law school? What do you want to do then? I want to dance. You going to be quarterback next year? I don't know. I might not even play. You're in need of a serious attitude adjustment, young man. Super dominant male in a 50s greaser uniform. That's what I love about these high school girls, man. I get older. They stay the same age. <laughs> the 50s were boring. The 60s rocked. The 70s, oh my God, they obviously suck. Dazed and confused, see it with a bud. Behind every good man, there's a woman. And that woman was Martha Washington, man. And every day George would come home, she'd have a big, fat bowl waiting for him, man, when he'd come in the door, man. She was a hip, 
hip, hip lady, man. All right. If anybody wants the trivia on that, George Washington did not grow weed in, in his on his properties. He grew hemp. So if we're, if we're just specifying there, slight differences. You know, speaking of slight differences, that was supposed to be Slater delivering that monologue, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if it was just listening to it through the, <clears throat> through the, the Zoom, but it didn't sound like Slater's voice. I think a lot of that performance is in his look and you just mm-hmm. don't. You don't get it unless okay. you see the face. You don't get it when you, unless you see it. I think I. I'm going to go back and I want to watch the trailer. Yeah. And then I want to watch that scene because he seems when he talks, it's kind of up here, man. It's almost, it's a little higher. And yeah. that one was like down here, man. Like. It could be well, and, and sometimes to avoid copyright stuff, people will change the the pitch of stuff on YouTube. Okay, so okay. I, it could be that because sometimes I'll find things on YouTube and it'll actually sound higher than it actually was. Like voices mm-hmm. will sound a little higher than they should be, and I'm like, oh, you know what? I bet that's to throw it off just a little bit so YouTube doesn't catch it for copyright stuff. Got it. So Understood. it could be that. I buy that. All right, major moments. We got 10 major moments to help walk you through the plot here. Again, we always recommend that you stop, you go back and watch it, and then come on back here because we will be here. But if you do not have time for that, or if you've seen it recently and you just need a quick reminder, here it is. We are on the last day of school, May 28th, 1976. Where were you in 76? That doesn't rhyme quite the same way as American Graffiti did. Where mm-hmm. were you in 62? Were you getting your fix in 76? There you go. There you go. See, I could work for Portillo's. Uh, so they are the last day at school at Lee High School. Seniors are preparing to haze the incoming freshmen as part of an annual tradition. We are, This is. there's one of the three questions later on asking if you ever got picked on as a freshman. I don't recall, by the time we were in school, I don't recall a lot of hazing going on. I mean, I, I do remember there were a few people I knew here and there that uh, because we had a separate freshman building, sometimes when they would walk from the freshman building to the, you know, 10th through 11th, uh, 10th through 12th grade building, that sometimes I know people would get pelted with uh, ketchup packets while walking there and the seniors were driving by. But I don't recall a ton of that stuff going on, but maybe I was just a, a sheltered little lad jumping out of windows. Yeah, I don't remember much of it either. Yeah. It could just be revisionist history too, yeah. so... And they could have left you alone once they saw you dive out a window. It's like, dude, that guy's crazy. Let's just walk away. That's true. Maybe Slowly I was Slowly step backwards. Uh-huh. Maybe I was just so cool they didn't bother me. That's I... it. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. So the incoming freshman boys are paddled by the senior boys. Freshman girls are hazed with mustard, ketchup, flour, and eggs in the school parking lot. Mm-hmm. Freshman Mitch Kramer is initially he escapes the hazing, but is later caught and pretty violently paddled by senior Fred O'Banion. Randall Pink Floyd gives Mitch a ride home after his hazing and offers to take him cruising later that night with his friends. Kevin Pickford is planning to have a keg party at his house because his parents are going out of town for the weekend and foiled again. The keg yeah. guy shows up an hour and a half early. Freaking yeah. keg now, guy. Come on, keg I guy. I know. What the heck? I mean, yeah, that's not cool. Not cool, man. 
I mean, I, I feel like there would have been like an, well, no, they're high school kids, so they wouldn't have thought that far ahead. I feel like you would have tried to plan that out a little bit better too. Well, yeah. he didn't look like he was the most. That's true. I mean, but slip the guy an extra five bucks or something. Be like, hey, make sure that you don't come mm-hmm. until this time. I Sometimes I was a little bit of a planner, so I think I might have gone that extra mile and planned that out a little bit better. Or had him delivered to a slightly different address and then bring them over. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. There's yes, a lot is, of better options. This is, kids, if you're listening, problem solving is important. Planning mm-hmm. ahead. Problem solving, logistics. Yep. Learn, the, learn these words. Learn from our wisdom. Mm-hmm. But don't try to have a keg party because that's a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Yeah, Kevin Pickford plans to host a keg party, and uh, his parents find out. And, Pat, you and I were talking earlier today. I think the parents probably would have found out that they were smoking weed in his room, too. I, yeah. I, just, I, I don't see how that can be hidden. It's pungent. I mean, it's pungent. There's a bit of a smell. Yeah, and it just, I, I don't. And not only is there, not only is there a bit of a smell in the immediate vicinity to where mm-hmm. such things are being smoked. My wife, when she was in college, she was a few rooms down in the dorms from a room of boys that regularly partook. And you could oftentimes smell it all the way in her room. Mm-hmm. And like that, that seeps through the walls. So it's not mm-hmm. quite like it just stays put. So mm-hmm. uh, not all the yeah, Febreze in the a, world is not hiding that. That was a little inconsistent. How did they not realize that? But the dad was able to put the party thing together pretty quick. Right. Yeah. So. Nothing, nothing to see here. We're just jamming a screwdriver in the door. And, uh, you know, the room's a little smoky and, and a little smelly, you know. But uh, sure. Yeah. Nothing going on here. Nothing here but us chickens. Nothing to see here. Mm-hmm. These aren't the mm-hmm. droids you're looking for. Move along. Move along. Mm-hmm. These are not the kegs you're looking for. We're all just fine here. Yeah. Thanks. All fine here now. Thank you. How are you? Was about to be better. Let's see. Pink, along with his friend David Wooderson, takes Mitch to the Emporium, a pool hall uh, that is kind of a frequent spot where the teenagers hang out and they socialize and listen to the rock music. Uh, that made me sound like an old man to call it the oh rock music. Oh my God, it did. <laughs> listen to the rock to, music. What Guys, it's, was it's the that? rock music the kids are listening to. They're listening we to the rock music, the rock and the rap and the... That noise. <laughs> yeah. That dad blasted noise. position. Huh? The rock we shall take music. a position off their coast and listen to their rock, rock and roll. And roll. <laughs> yes. Well played, <sighs> sir. All right, let's let's back that up. Where they socialize and listen to rock music. <laughs> there we go. That's a little better. Yes. You probably could have just said listen to music, but hey. I could have. I could have, but you know. Oh my God, we're I, old. I, I got to make sure when you add the definitive article, that's when you sound like an old man. Yes. Oh my yes. So so John, you said you were being a bit of a dad this morning when we talked about the movie and yeah, that's yeah. gone away. Now you're saying you've you've or are you still in the thick of it? No, I've aged. I've gone to grandpa mode now. Okay. Yeah. Those kids with their rock music with the rock music and and that uh, noise from next door. When they get going with a hip hop. <laughs> yeah. And did I mention get off my lawn? Yeah. Huh? Now that would have been a fun dimension. Huh? Add the uh, I forgot his name. Add the guy from Gran Torino into this film. There you go. There you go. You take your, you take that ZZ Top and your Leonard Skinnerd and get off my lawn. 
listening to the ZZ Top. <laughs> yeah. That's it. If you ever just want to, anybody who's going into acting, if you ever want to make it sound like you're an old man, just add the mm -hmm. in front of things that don't need articles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm listening to the ZZ Top. I'm, I'm, doing, saying, I'm doing a call on the Zoom. Oh, I'm telling you, John, my students are so, they don't even flinch when I say that. Uh -huh. When I say, okay, guys, the assignment, the writing assignment is in the canvas. So if you can open up your, the canvas. Yeah. And they like the first day they're like, they don't even know what, what's being said now. Now that it's just, it's. Thank you, Grandpa Cantagallo. Mr. C being Mr. C. Thank yeah. you, Grandpa yeah, Cantagallo. Yeah. Can I look it up on the Google? On the Google, yeah. yeah. Go on internet and check it out. I actually let that slip in front of people closer to my age. Yeah. And I had they had the whiplash and they're like, did you just say the Google? Yeah. Yeah. Had how like they were aghast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But were they agog? Oh, <laughs> they were agog. If you, the fact that the fact that you know agog probably means you are a grandpa. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the fact that I know agog means I must be a guest. Oh well, yes, that too. Local question for any local kids out there: Do you go to the jewel? <laughs> oh, the jewel! No, oh. it's even better if you're closer to the city. I think it's the jewels. The jewels, yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. The supermarket. <sighs> Your Midwest is showing, Bo. Mm. Yeah. Well, at least that's all it's showing, John. You might want to you might want to buy bigger shirts if your Midwest <laughs> is showing. Uh, uh, do we start talking about the cars now, or I, we're no? we're getting there. Yeah, we're oh. getting there. Oh, okay. Just hold on, Pat. That's the only reason Pat showed up tonight. Right? That's the only reason he's here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he thought we were talking. He thought we were talking American graffiti. Mm -hmm. um, Mitch smokes a little of the marijuana uh, and drinks beer for the first time while cruising with Pink Pickford and Don Dawson. Uh, after a game of mailbox mailbox baseball goes horribly wrong, uh, the group barely escapes a gun wielding resident. Later, Mitch and his friends mm -hmm. get revenge on O'Banion by dumping some paint on him. Uh, a slight inverse of the movie Carrie. We're kind of inverting everything here. We're inverting the John Hughes. We're inverting Carrie by going with the white paint instead of the pig's blood. All kinds of stuff. All kinds of homages. There's a bit of a keg party. The keg party is happening at the uh, the Moon Tower. So party, party at the, at moon, the tower. moon Tower. Yeah. So change of plans. They go to the Moon Tower, and there are some confrontations there. Mike has a little bit of a confrontation with Clint. Gets into a little fight, and uh, you know they are. There's also why am I blanking on his name all of a sudden? Randall. Floyd is refusing to sign the pledge. That's kind of a running thing for him throughout the movie is he's refusing to sign the no alcohol, no drugs pledge to be playing on the sports code team. Code of conduct. Code of conduct. So that's kind of you know his, his running thing throughout the movie. And then as dawn breaks, all the friends decide, he decides not to sign the football pledge, and they are heading off to, I think they're heading off to Houston to go get tickets for an Aerosmith concert. Mitch returns home avoiding punishment, but getting a stern warning from his mother. Where was that mother when I was in high school? Because my stern warnings came with all kinds of other stuff. I think the entire parental involvement level in this movie was a bit lacking. And uh -huh. they even called it out at the, they're sitting at, the, it's um, Anthony Rapp and I forget the other guy sitting next to him and the, and the redhead. Yeah. They're literally sitting there talking about it, that the town just condones this crazy hazing right. and, 
it's insane and yeah. it's it's hysterical. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that is kind of where we end. All right. Time for Come on and take a free ride. Free ride. That's way off. You don't try to even splice that together with the other one. That's okay. I, I, I won't. Don't worry about it. Yeah, good. Don't just don't. Honestly, we've got the gold already. We don't. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't. We we don't need anything other than the Dreamweaver. No, no. Which, and, which I'm sure will be featured in next week's episode of Wayne's World. I too. believe it must be. I, yes, I think that's, a, that's true. A prerequisite. Can we All talk right. about the cars now. Yes, Pat. We can talk about the cars now. God, All right. Okay. Bless it. I, what? Okay. Deep thoughts. And now, deep thoughts. I have an opinion on this matter. Don't mince words, Bones. What do you really think? I like it a lot. Wow. It's it's very deep. Thank you. All right. Yes, Pat, we can talk about cars. Let's start with, did you like this movie? And how many times have you seen it? Now, Pat, I think you and I, well, I said this was actually the first time I had seen this movie. I know. I had not seen this one before. I know. I had seen clips, but I had not seen the movie from start to finish. So mm-hmm. so first time viewing for me. I will just say, yes, I enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed this movie on its own as a kind of a coming of age movie, a rite de passage movie in the French style. I enjoyed this as as I watched through it and really considered this to be kind of an homage to American graffiti and movies, I kind of treated this as if it was like a, a sequel to American graffiti in my own mind. In mm-hmm. fact, the, the joke I had going in my head was I really needed to just call this movie American graffiti, the next generation. So in my head, I was going to be like the opening credits of this movie. I was, I was going to have some kind of a thing where we have, it's like the Starship Enterprise flying through the, mm-hmm. all the planets and the nebulars and the things like that. But uh, this was going to be like a continuation of what we got from George Lucas's movie going into this one. Yeah. So yeah. I, had, I had all kinds of thoughts of this being American Graffiti, the next generation. But yeah, what'd you guys think? Did you like this one? And, and how often have you seen it? Love it. Seen it more than I can count. You know, it's, it's a, I get Shawshanked by this movie. I'll be clicking around and I'll just, okay. Gonna sit and watch that now. And you said this is in your wife's top five. Definitely top 10. I think top five. I'd have to think about top five, but. So. Bo, I totally agree with you that it does. You start watching and it's just like, man, I'm going to watch this again. Like it never gets old. It never feels like, okay, got to switch it. But when you can I drop can, in it, like, and you can drop in whenever. You're like, oh, yeah. Okay. What, what about the movie do you, and what about the movie does your wonderful wife think? Like, what do you like about it? I think just like, the characters themselves, like the Matthew McConaughey character is such a caricature. And we mm-hmm. all knew people like that at some mm-hmm. point in life. And to see that character just kind of bigger than life, I think is fun. I think it's the stereotypes from high school writ large. They're all there. They're just bigger than life. And, and you know, these people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it comes down to. Got it. 
Got it. What about you, Pat? How many how many times have you seen this? I would say, I mean, it's it's been a bunch. I've at least once a year, I think I watch this. Yeah. Or turn parts of it, you know, oh, this is on this or it's streaming on here or go on YouTube and watch clips. And I like the movie, but it's a bit of a winding road for me to, to get there. Because there's a lot with the movie that I kind of struggled with and not so much from a standpoint of I do not approve of such behavior kind of thing. But simply with I struggled with my own feelings with this. You know, am I being too, am I taking it too seriously? Am I taking it enough? Do I just need to do some research and get the why behind the way it was written? So, yeah, I liked it. I've seen it a bunch. I don't, I probably not as much as, as Bo has. I saw it when it came out, not in the theater, but it was at a friend's. Maybe it was with, I was hanging out with a couple of girlfriends, one of which I ended up marrying. And we watched, the three of us watched it. I can't remember. Yeah. Anyways, I saw it early on and I was always kind of, I always kind of was torn when watching this movie. So there it is. Yeah. Uh, torn, torn as in your premature sense of responsibility or torn as in you love the song by Natalie Imbruglia. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's tearing me apart. Yes. No. So the characters are fun. They're fun to watch, but I struggle with, who do I relate to in this? Mm-hmm. I, I really do. And I, I would love, I really wish, I really miss our brother Dennis right now. Cause I, and Jeff, because I really would love to get their perspective on seeing it as well. I, you know, Dennis was always big on the movie, some kind of wonderful yeah. and talked about the Eric Stoltz character. And that's what I felt like I was missing in this was that Eric Stoltz character um, to kind of ground to ground the movie, you know, I, it was basically one night of kids just going all out and behaving badly and, and all that. And I can get it and Hey, that's fun. But there were always things that I bumped on with, okay. Yeah. I can imagine that happening in high school. And I, I, that was not the scene that I was part of the hazing thing, not the scene that I was part of. I don't know that it went on to that extent. And so I'm watching this and I'm like, man, these guys are just jerks. I mean, like, wh- why am I watching this and enjoying it? I mean, the actors are really good. The story's fun. The soundtrack's incredible. But it's like, I'm, I'm not finding someone that I really want to cheer for. But then as soon as I kind of follow that down the rabbit hole, or, you know, I, I follow those thoughts and come to that conclusion, I did some reading about the movie. And then I find out that the director's like, this is what my high school was. And then I want to pull back and say, well, dang, if that's if this is kind of his way of telling the story about his high school, man, I got to back off just because that wasn't my experience. I, I, I can't tell him that that wasn't his if that's what he grew up with. I mean, it was a different part of the country. It was a different thing. So it was a different time. So maybe that's what it was all about. So then I kind of vacillate back to, OK, I'll just check it out. And then I'm watching and going, man, I am being <laughs> I am being way too serious. I just I like just have fun watch the movie and I kind of follow that to its conclusion but then I get to the point where it's like okay what they're depicting you you talked about the next generation I feel like I'm watching the holodeck Mm -hmm. but you know how when they go on the holodeck and they're doing like the whatever and they really want to be like tough and they're like okay turn off the safeties so now we can really get hurt this is like the opposite 
right? All the safeties are on. So you're watching this, but you're not seeing the consequences of drug use or drinking all night or, you know, screwing around with a bunch of different girls or racing in cars after doing drugs and drinking or climbing up. You know, you're not seeing those consequences. And so, okay, well, that's fun. Just, hey, this is consequence-free movie. Just understand that it's complete fiction. I mean, you're not seeing someone get addicted to drugs. You're not seeing someone wake up with ever so much as a hangover the next day. Do you get what I'm saying? So now I'm watching it. Now I'm kind of right back in the whole, this this isn't reality. I mean, even American Graffiti, you saw Toad get really, really sick. You see him get beat up. And American Graffiti seem to have kind of a a deeper message that when you read about it, it's like, oh, that's what the Richard Dreyfuss character was trying to do. Oh, that explains Milner. You know, Milner's trying to hold on to his youth, and the whole theme of the movie is you can't hold on to youth. Is there that deeper message here? And then I find myself looking for that, and it's like I'm really not seeing it because is is the football player, the main football player, Pink Floyd, okay, he's going to put his flag in the ground for I shouldn't have to sign this paper saying I'm not going to do drugs to play on the football team. And I'm kind of like, well, okay. I mean, how much, like, if that's kind of part of being on a team and, you know, if you're all training and trying to be in top physical conditioning, you know, why wouldn't you do that? And if you are, why not, why make a big scene about it? But then and when I followed that to its conclusion, I started saying, well, that's what some of his buddies were telling him. Like, hey, man, this is bigger than you. You know, we're all in this together. You can't back out on us. This is our senior year. We kind of all and I'm like, OK, well, I kind of liked how that was going. And then you had some of the characters that were questioning this stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like the two guys that were like, yeah, let's, let's go to the party. And they were watching just like, what is this? This is like not our scene. And they were kind of like the judgment on it. So that's where I say I'm kind of torn because like, I think, I think a lot of thoughts about the movie and I go down one direction and end up being kind of lukewarm on it. But then I follow it down another direction and say, Oh, well, this is pretty cool. And then I pull back and say, you know what? It's just really, really fun. It's just, they're cool cars. It's their fun lines. It's fun to laugh at. I mean, I, I, I don't get this intense about the big Lebowski. I just sit back and enjoy it. You know, do you get what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, I, I really, I have a lot of, I have a lot of thoughts about it. You have some opinions on this matter. I have some opinions on this matter. And I guess the big conclusion, which everyone in our viewership is like, great, he'll finally get to the conclusion and then shut up. So someone else can talk. But I guess that means that I really, really like the movie because every time I watch it, my brain is just going. You know, like thinking, what do I think about this? Why do I think this way? What would I do in this situation? You know, like it's, yeah, I find it really interesting. So I'm, and and what you said, John, where we talked today and you walked away thinking, man, I'm not liking this movie very much in it, but then you kind of mellow on it. That like, that has been me since I saw it when I was 15. So I, I started after you and I were talking, I started to think about this a little bit more. And I'm wondering, and again, I, I was born in 1980, so I mm-hmm. have no firsthand knowledge of 70s teen culture and uh, no firsthand knowledge. Of, we go back to American graffiti. I have no firsthand knowledge of 50s and 60s teen culture either. But as I started to think about this, I was thinking, okay, why, when we were kind of making the comparison between American graffiti and Dazed and Confused, 
And then thinking about my own teenage years, which started the year this movie actually came out, I would have been 13 when this movie came out. So I was a teenager in the mid-90s. We're jumping back 20 years from that for this, and then we're jumping back almost 20 years for American Graffiti. And what I'm wondering as I thought more about this is the the culture of everybody's drinking beer, everybody's smoking pot, mm-hmm. everybody's doing this, no consequences, whatnot. Part of me is like, well, does that have something to do with the time? You know, if you were a teenager mm-hmm. and you're coming out the other side of Vietnam, now if you're a teenager in 1962 and you've come out from you've you've grown up in the post World War II era where everything we we won the war and everybody comes back home and things seem hopeful and and things seem like they're on the uptick whereas in 1976 things are like well we've had Vietnam we have gas rationing we have we have all this kinds of other stuff we've had in the years since, we've had the sexual revolution. We've had all kinds of other stuff happen in the decades between the late 1950s, early 1960s from American Graffiti to the late 1970s. At this point, is it just a, gen- a different generation of kids? And, you know, so I, and, and not that you can trust everything online, but I went online and I started looking up some different spots, maybe different forums where people were answering the question, hey, what was life like as a teenager in the 1970s? And a bunch of people were answering that question saying, you know what? Our parents were not super strict. Like we could go hang mm-hmm. out. We were, we were drinking beers at 15 and our parents didn't really care. And not to say that that's indicative of what the entire country was like, um, mm-hmm. but I mean, I, I was reading a lot of people answering that question on these different forums. And these forums had nothing to do with Dazed and Confused, nothing to do with the movie. Um, I was just curious. So I started looking around, and the more I was reading some of those, I was like, that sounds like the teenagers in this movie. So I'm mm-hmm. not sure that it's as far-fetched as in my brain. I was thinking, wow, this is really different than the teenage years I grew up in. So part of it, I'm 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 reading those things, and I'm going – Okay, it, it seems like for some people that was their experience, that the parents maybe were not as invested as our parents might have been, as, as might be today. Um, it's not to say all parents were that way, but, you know, there was a right. lot of, eh, yeah, they let us drink. A couple people said, yeah, I was able to get into a bar at age 15. I didn't get carded, you know, at, at any of the bars we went to in high school. It was, you know. Uh, you could you could get weed. It wasn't great weed, but you could get weed, and and uh, you know it was, it was pretty easy access to it. And everybody's partying all the time, but we were we were partying all the time because inflation was bad. Job prospects weren't great. You know, it's just things were not things were not as hopeful in the mm-hmm. mid to late seventies as they might have been in 1962 with with American Graffiti. So I'm I was in the same boat that you were in that. This was not my hangout scene when I was in high school. Like my buddies and I, like we would go out, we'd drive around, you know, but we never, I never went to parties in high school. Never, never hang out, would never hang out, you know, at, at you know, a big keg party in the, in the park somewhere or, or at the moon tower if we had an equivalent. That was just, that was not my scene. So I was, I, I was mystery science theater 3000ing Star Wars movies with Bo in the cheap theater. And, you know, the, the other times we were hanging out at the all-you-can-eat buffet with the football team and driving around and just 
listening to music and going to each other's houses and watching movies and things like that. It wasn't, the hangout scene was not like what you see in this movie. So I'm in the same boat you are where I don't know that there's anybody in this movie that I look at and go, oh yeah, I would have had friends like that in high school. Or that guy Mm -hmm. reminds me, there are people that remind me of people that I knew in high school, Mm -hmm. but not that like, oh yeah, I would have been with that group. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm with you there. I did kind of over the course of the afternoon, I did kind of mellow out a little bit in terms of the, I, I was kind of in the same boat of like, there's no consequences in this movie. There's everybody's just drinking and they're smoking. And you know, the Armanos Rodriguez do not approve of drugs, you mm-hmm. know, kind of, kind of attitudes. Neither do I, but it's my birthday. You know, so that's, that's kind of where I was this afternoon. And the more I thought about it, then the more I was reading some of those different, you know, posts that I saw online, I was like, different time. So maybe it's, maybe it's not that far off. And maybe that's more of, more of what some of the culture was like at the time. So while I'm looking at it, I'm going in, in dad mode, like I mentioned earlier, I'm looking at it, I'm going, there's no consequences here. There's no consequences. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like there need to be consequences. But Richard right. Linklater is making this movie to say, hey, this is what it was like for me. Like, this was high school for me, yeah. and, and this is pretty true to kind of the way things were. So yeah, part of it, I watch it, I, I watch it, and I enjoy it for the music. I enjoy it for – I enjoy it as a hangout movie. Like, if you, mm-hmm. if you want to just think of it as, as the hangout movie. And, and for that part of it, I kind of gloss over all the things, all the substances that they are partaking of mm-hmm. in this movie. And I, I gloss over that, the beer, the weed, whatever thes you want to put in front of it to sound like an old man. I gloss over that and I'm just like, all right, take all that stuff out of it. And it looks like a, it looks like a fun hang. I'm thinking of the intellectual car where they're having the intellectual discussions. I'm like, that's the car I would have been in. Right. If I was in one of those cars, I would have been in that car. I wouldn't have gotten in the fight with the guy because, you know, I I was not a fighter, but I would have been in the intellectual car having nerdy discussions. Right. And, and. I mean, it's okay to, to show things, the partying consequence free, as long as you know that that's what it's depicting. I mean, we seem to watch a lot of violent movies. A lot of movie violence has upticked in the last couple of years, and we kind of know that that's movie violence, right? We know that the reality is the fights, epic fights that you see in the Avengers is not what a fight in real life would be like, and we tolerate that. So it's kind of like, in, in, like I said, in my mind, okay, well, we're watching this. I mean, when you're drinking all night and the worst consequence you get is it looks like you're just kind of stumbling around. I mean, that's pretty much what you see there, yeah. right? It's, 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 like, it's like the worst consequence with drinking all night is like when you put your head on the baseball bat and like spin around in a circle six times and then try to walk. Yeah. That's kind of like the worst consequence you see there. The same thing with the, with the drug use and all that. Whereas Okay, spoilers for Saturday Night Fever. Okay, you've been forewarned. When you look, when you watch Saturday Night Fever, and I know that this came up when our wonderful friends and guys with the epically amazing podcast, Shirley Guys, did, I think it was Saturday Night Fever and Dirty Dancing. You see there, the consequences are a little different for drinking and doing drugs and all that kind of stuff. And they show that in a very, you know, Graphic is the wrong word because that can mean other things, but they, they, they show that in a very explicit way. Yeah. And if, if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about, but I mean, it's kind of like, 
you know, hey, that's not what the that's not what the purpose of this movie is. So okay, yeah, and that's take it for what it is. And like you said, enjoy the hang and enjoy the laughs and the funny lines and 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 there were good things in there too. I mean, when the seniors came and put their arm around the shoulder of the freshman and kind of helped guide them through, like, yeah, this is this is pretty rough. But you know what? Here's what you do. And they kind of earned their way up, which was cool to see. The, the hazing, not cool to see. Mm-hmm. Disco, Disco Stu does not endorse the, uh, the hazing thing. And I really, yeah, I, I just have no time for that yeah. kind of stuff. And again, it's not like I turn my nose up and walk away. It's I can get into the movie and just be like, why, why are we allowing this? You yeah. know, and what is up with those dudes that are like, totally so into this like the O'Bannon guy just okay he was how old was he supposed to be like 19 he graduated he's a mm-hmm. fifth year senior or whatever the heck it is yeah it's like really this this is what you're living for dude get a life get a life you know but again I'm talking about the characters in the movies not the movie itself when I analyze that so it did its job I mean yeah. I think we were all I, I, I think I don't think anyone was su- supposed to watch that and say yeah man that's really great let's go paddle a bunch of kids awesome well no you're, you're supposed to kind of recoil from it and say what is up with these guys thank you sir may i have another yeah 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 all right pat before we get into the three questions i'm going to give you oh let's do let's give you 180 seconds to talk about cars ready to go well Bo should have some i'm going to cede some of my time to the distinguished gentleman yeah, yeah. from you know Bo, because i i you said this, you love this movie and I've just been just going off at the mouth with that. I mean, do you have any final thoughts or opinions and you can go into the car thing too, but I feel like I've really kind of sucked all the oxygen out of the pot here. Yeah. You know, you had an opinion on this matter. That's why we're here. I think everything you said is valid. There are certainly concerns of, you know, Oh my gosh, these parents really let all this happen without any, for lack of a better term, oversight. But then you 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 talk to your parents and you're like, yeah, the 60s and 70s were kind of like that. The kids just sort of went, did their thing, and rode around without seatbelts. And <laughs> well, look at the it's, look at the parents in all of the look at the parents in all the early 80s movies. Right, they're not around. Like they look at the look at the Goonies, look at ET. I mean, look at Stranger Things. Look at like these parents. They're peripheral characters that are not necessarily really very involved in their kids' lives for the most part. And, and again, we're, we're basing this off of movies. Like I'm, I'm talking right. movie parents. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that that's what parenting was like, but I mean, during this time period, what we're getting depicted in movies and TV shows is kids are kind of left to their own devices. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing the, if you could do whatever you want, party at the moon tower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right all right all right so i think it's a fun film for all the things we've talked about it also dates itself for all the things we've talked about it's an interesting spiritual successor to american graffiti and i think that's the segue to start pat on his cars yeah because there it, are some it, sweet rides in this movie there's just some really cool cars and that's, that's kind of the thing is that I, I look at it and I'm like, okay, you're raging against like how it's boring and it's a rough time and it's all that. And you've got that car. 
that's a pretty fancy car to own. So maybe thank mommy and daddy for helping you out with that because that's not, you know what I'm saying? I mean, those, they were definitely some, some cars that in the time period would have, they, they weren't some just like high school beater cars. They were some, they were some nice vehicles. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, Wooderson has that whole, it feels like he goes on for five minutes about the engine. Right. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert. So someone rail me back in if, if I'm, I'm off. Now he was, he was out and he'd been working, right? Yeah. Working for the city, putting some money in my pocket. And so, so he could have the cash to dump into a car like that. Oh, sure. Yeah, sure. You know, but that's what they don't talk about is he's probably still living at home. So all that money is going straight into his car. It it could very well be. Well, and see, that's the, that's the, the piece that, that's the piece that I'd love to see is, is like, you know, what, what is that guy doing? Because he's the guy that, and, and you know, that was the thing that got me too, man. Everyone is just surly in this movie. Like everyone is just PO'd or a jerk or whatever. Not everybody, but most everybody. And that was the one thing I'll say about him. I mean, he was pretty chill with everybody, you know? All right. Um, all right. All right. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's, it, you know, I think, what was it when he was talking and we got a we got the beer blast going on and we're going to invite you up to do that. I think you should ditch the two geeks and get with me, but that's okay. We got time for that. I mean, just the way he delivers the lines, it's, it's like he's roasting those guys, but you don't really get mad at him, you know? But yeah, everything he talked about in that car, didn't he say it was a 454? He had a Chevelle, right? Wasn't it a 454 Chevelle? And then he had the yeah. real tall rear end on it. And the, well, the posi traction is basically the limit slip thing and limited slip differential. So it's all just high end performance features that he dumped into his car. And then the other guy that was, I think the guy that he was talking to was the guy that got into the fight with Mike, right? Or was that? Who was it? Was it, was it Clint? I he was talking to, I thought it was Clint mm. because they were going back and forth on cars. And I, Part of me was like, man, I'd love to see like an actual drag race between the two guys, sort of like American Graffiti, Yeah, you know? But then like the one kid's driving around in a GTO and uh, I mean, whatever, I can't remember the years because obviously we're into the, it wasn't 76, wasn't that the oil embargo and high gas prices and everything? Yeah, I think so. So, I mean, like the time of the muscle car was rapidly coming to an end and that GTO and Bo, I know you like so much about the car thing, especially at that time period. Wasn't the final GTO, didn't they call it the judge? That was supposed to be like the ultimate GTO. That rings a bell. Which I, I don't know if that if that was supposed to be the judge or not, but I mean that obviously wasn't like it wasn't just some beater that they found the out. The judge a was a sixty-nine, so the age would be right. Because they right. weren't you figure they weren't driving new cars. Mm-mm. Because they weren't making those things anymore. Especially right. with like, they weren't making 454 Chevelles. No. You know, and honestly, I don't think they were making GTOs like that anymore either. So. It's funny. You mentioned the oil embargo. I hadn't really thought about it, but yeah, they're just driving around, burning it up. Like it's mm-hmm. nobody's business. Right. And again, I'm not saying it from the standpoint of like poking holes in the movie, but you know, obviously these guys like their cars and they had the cash to spend on it. So it was a little different in a way it was a little different than kind of what you see being depicted in American graffiti. Right. Cause they talked about 
they talked, I, I did a, I read about the cars that they built for American graffiti. And they said, one of the things they're trying to show is, you know, they wanted those street rods to not have like all the latest, fanciest, biggest motor, because they said, yeah, you have a guy doing that now that like has all the cash in the world that he can spend on it. And, and make this thing bigger, make the motor bigger, make the car more high performance. But back in the day, if you were a high school kid or just graduated and working like a local job or whatever, you're not going to necessarily have like this fancy blueprinted crate motor direct from Chevrolet to put in your car, right? You're going to have to kind of get parts where you can. So I, I don't know. I'm just kind of rambling about the cars, but yeah, I love that Chevelle. I loved the GTO, the paint job. I was kind of iffy on the paint with it but the gto is pretty cool i love here in sweet emotion and just having the car circle in the parking lot you know i always get this image of like a shark circling its prey i i, I could just sit there and watch that scene just on repeat i love that scene and uh, yeah it, it, it was those are the two cars that were the standouts for me i i really dug those cars the vw bug was cool yeah it was a good time and it was, was fun, packing. like you mentioned the bug. It was cool that they showed the cars fit the personalities of their drivers. Mm-hmm. Like it was all well paired up and it was right. Yeah. That was cool. It was it was it was believable. Yes. I mean, because now that we're talking it through, yeah, Wooderson had the fancy thing with all the latest bits and all that kind of stuff. But the Pink Floyd didn't. He was well, and it, you know what? It's funny. He and... he drove his car early, but then he's a passenger the rest of the night. Right. And Which he was little... he was just <laughs> he was your responsible drinker. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He he, uh, you know, maybe he was borrowing the family car, right? Maybe they just couldn't afford a car for him. Yeah, there you go. So star quarterback doesn't drive; he rides and stuff. <laughs> That's right. That's right. The whole thing with the coaches was kind of funny too. Mm-hmm. From the super strict head coach to the guy that looks like, you know, basically he's just a couple of years older than them. You know, you guys are hanging around the pool, getting soft. My grandmother could take you. She's <laughs> 250. And even the way that actor like plays that whole thing when he like squares up to him and she, yeah, she's 250 benches, whatever. You know, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can hear, I can hear people talking like that. You well, and then they, like, they call back to that when Wooderson later says, well, when I was in school, she was only 195. That's, that's <laughs> that was right. outstanding. That's it's awesome. like the, the local fish story is. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm also going to say, I'm also going to say I really dug the one teacher. And I'm just saying you're in the middle of, would that be considered small town Texas? Yeah, right? that yeah I would like think a so. Little city, small town Texas, and she said they're talking about. Okay, remember when you're celebrating the Fourth of July? You're celebrating middle-aged white men that yeah. didn't want to pay their debt. I'm just okay. That's probably the one teacher in a, a 200 mile radius saying anything like that. Oh yeah. I mean, what did it? It broke in. She's like, yeah, the 1968 Democratic Convention. Now that was awesome. I'm, I'm like, okay, I get a kick out of this. But the way that the one friend that I mean, dude, that guy, that guy just got on my nerves. When he do his spastic thing, and he's like in the window, and he's just like, "Hey," and just like, "Oh my god, dude, you gotta like, you really gotta chill out. Like, you're making me nervous, and 
and, and I'm watching you through the screen. And she walks out and he say, he makes some inappropriate thing and she totally handles it the right way. Like doesn't play into it. No shock value. And she just pats him on the head and walks away. I'm like, that's dude, that's pretty cool. I dug that whole scene. The middle school teacher where he's, I wish I could remember the line, but it was basically dress rehearsal for hell, boy. (laughs) They went up at any minute you could give us would be a good thing. And he goes, men and the camera, it does like, I think shot reverse shot. And it shows all three of them like flinch. You know, he's like, man, I'll tend to tell you what my sergeant said to me in the war. No, he says, I'll tell you what my sergeant told us men. And that's when they flinch. You're going into the junk. 50 of you are going into the jungle. 25 of you are coming back. Yep. And he just leaves it hanging there. And they're just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Teacher's going to let us fry, man. Yeah. Which I, and again, I've got to, and for me, it's this dichotomy because part of me wants to just laugh and say, dude, that's pretty funny. And these guys don't stand a chance and blah, 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 blah. But the other, other part of me is, could you imagine anyone like pulling up and threatening kids? on a loudspeaker in front of the school. <laughs> right? Not, Y'all not just today. come right here and get your whooping. Mm-hmm. It'll be easier. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so that's where I'm just like, okay, everybody's on board with the, and And again, that was something I, as a 15 year old, when I first saw this, I will, I will say this and I, I'm not, I'm not virtue signaling. I'm not making this up, but I saw that and I'm like, really? Everyone's okay with this. What a bunch of malarkey, man. That just, that's messed up. I remember thinking that when I first saw this movie too, like that just, but that being said, I'm like, okay, just, you know, chill and just enjoy the show. And then, then that line becomes funny, you know, when he responds. Okay. Signal the old man thing when Pat says malarkey. Indeed, hey man. That's that's Irish. That's, that's Irish. I, that's not old man, man. That's Irish. It's Irish old man. I mean, it's, yeah, it's yeah. Irish old man. <laughs> the leprechaun. I'm the um, leprechaun. What was the other? Oh, I'm just saying. I think one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when the mom comes out the door with the shotgun and says, "Oh my god!" Property. I thought that was. I I loved every minute of that scene. But I mean, I if you think about it. all the things that Ben Affleck shouts at the house when he's walking away, yeah, do you imagine yeah. your mom putting up with some smart ass kid doing that? No, and my mom grew up in rural Minnesota, so she probably she probably would have had a warning shot going over the guy's head. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm sorry, mom. I'm sorry if I'm mischaracterizing you because, like, I know, but <laughs> she would have probably fired at least a warning shot. The only thing I, when she came out the door, it looked like like the way she was holding the shotgun, cause you got to plant something like that in your shoulder. Otherwise it, you'll, you, you know, it's all that kind of thing. If she would have just had the thing and she was kind of holding it like at chest height, almost if she would have came out with it, like planted against her shoulder, just drawing a bead on that guy. I, I like, that would have been awesome, but I loved it. And she's like, the web. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And then when she just spins around, she rolls it with her eyes and he's like, Oh, that was awesome. She just, co- he starts mouthing off. So she just cocks the thing. <clears throat> and I'm just saying like, okay, you, John, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm just saying small town, Texas, you start threatening someone's kid. There's a good chance mom's coming out the door with a shotgun. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean I'm just saying, I'm just saying 
Yeah, because that O'Bannon, like that, like honestly, that's one of those roles that that like I I, I might turn down because I don't want people to think I'm that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But no, I, I really like that scene. Yeah. I think, like I said, it would have been cool. I know they got him and ha, ha, ha. But I, I think it would have been cool if she would have at least shot out the window of the truck or shot off the window. Something. That would have been fun. What did she say to her son? What's, what was her son's name? Was it Eric? Whatever. She's just like, yeah, I'm blanking on that. Go inside, Eric. <laughs> you know, just like, she's just dying. Let's get inside. Oh, man. That you get the feeling dude. she's been covering for Eric for a while. I, yeah, that's the one side of it is your son is kind of a tool. Sorry. All right. All right, all right, all right. I think it's time for three questions. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right. Question number one for this one. What is your favorite song from this soundtrack? Oh. Gotta go with Show Me the Way for Hampton. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm gonna go with Sweet Emotion. Very nice. Nice. Just that opening groove just sounds so good. Indeed. Very nice. Very nice. I'm gonna I narrowed this down to two different songs by two of my favorite bands. Being a Texas boy, you would think I would go with the ZZ Top. Because mm-hmm. who doesn't like Tush? Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I think I'm going to go with Tuesday's Gone, Leonard Skinner. Mm-hmm. A little little Skinnered, but ZZ Top is like one and a half. Very nice. Yeah. All right. Question number two: Did you ever get picked on as a freshman? Not really. Yeah, not that I recall. Yeah. Like nothing. Then, I, then I realize that I find it hard to believe, and maybe I probably did, but maybe you just pushed it out of your mind. Yeah. Being on the football team, the only time I feel like I ever got picked on as a freshman, and it wasn't so much a freshman thing; it was just mostly a underclassman kind of a thing. Is the seniors in practice would hit us a little harder than mm. they would otherwise. They made a made it a point of targeting the little guys. Because uh, we hadn't quite bulked up as much at that point. So, um, yeah, other than that, I don't really recall. And I feel like that's more of, like, football stuff rather than getting hazed or picked on. Yeah, yeah I don't I, I don't recall I, anything. I mean, I remember people getting stuff thrown at them because since we had the, the separate freshman building, some people had to walk to some of their classes to get, what, what was it, like half a mile, quarter of a mile? I don't remember how far it was. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. They had to walk to the other building for some of their classes. I never had to walk between the two buildings, but I remember, I do remember a couple times somebody would come back from a class at the 
10th or 12th grade building, they'd come back to the freshman building and they'd have like ketchup on their shirt because some senior leaned outside their car and threw ketchup on them while they were walking. But other than a couple of stories like that, I don't remember a whole lot of upperclassmen hazing the younger class, the underclassmen. Yeah, me. Yeah. So, no, not not our experience, I guess. And finally, question number three, did you have a favorite hangout spot in high school? Like, was there that one? Did you have an emporium or did you have Mel's drive-in or was there a hangout spot that you went to regularly in high school? And I'm going to be kind of boring on this one, too, and say, not really. Yeah. Like, we'd, we'd go to friends' houses. We'd drive around in our cars a bit. We'd go to wherever was cheap for dinner. Like, we'd, we'd go to Taco Bell a lot. Denny's. Denny's. Go to Actually, oh, no, no, Denny's. Oh, you know what? Baker Square. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I have a feeling, I don't remember, remember going to Baker Square a lot. We did with the theater group. Okay. A lot of Baker Square. I remember we'd go to Denny's every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah, I was just, I was trying to remember if there's really any other like regular spots. I mean, we did have some regular spots like we'd go to, we'd go the same places for lunch a lot. Like we'd go to Fodrax for lunch and get a euro or we'd go to Frank's for the memories and get some wings stuff like that we the football team would frequent the old country buffet quite a bit that sounds about right and be asked to leave several times that also sounds about right uh-huh. yeah <laughs> turn into a john panette routine <laughs> you go now <laughs> yeah. hey big boy you be here, you be here for an hour <laughs> hey big boy they see you guys come and they put all those lock the doors. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Close the blast doors. Close the blast doors. We had a place for lunch. Once we got off campus privileges, mm-hmm. there was a place for lunch right down the street that had great Mexican food. Okay. A little stand and we'd go there often. The mall, Aladdin's castle. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go. We would hit up the Aladdin's castle. And then a buddy of mine and I, and this was nice because it was within bike range, you know, we would ride, I'm trying to think, I'd ride to his place and then we would ride over, I I was an unincorporated Prairie View, so this means nothing to anybody that doesn't live in the northwest suburbs of Chicago, but unincorporated Prairie View is about a half hour ride over to where my friend lived in Buffalo Grove. And then from there we would ride. It wasn't wheeling. That was still Buffalo Grove. Cause it was right. It would, we'd ride over by Buffalo Grove high school, which was like a district over from where we went to school. And they had right in um, Ridge Plaza, there was a movie theater and there was a video game shop. Mm-hmm. And, and we would just ride our bikes over there. And if there was a movie plan that we wanted to see, we'd go watch the movie if there wasn't, or if we had extra time, we'd then walk over because it was all in the same plaza. We would walk over and go hang out at the video game shop. And the guy had just tons of different games and machines and consoles. And it was like three bucks for a half hour uh, trial of any game you wanted. And we would pay our three bucks and he, this guy just let us play for hours. Mm-hmm. And so there were some cool arcade games and he had some systems that like, were not the standard Sega, Nintendo, and so forth. 
so I, I I'd say like those those were the those were the hangs. Yeah. Right on. Yeah the uh, the Aladdin's castle was a a regular hangout spot too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of forgot about Aladdin's castle. Mm-hmm. Uh, that and uh, what was it called back in the day? Super Just Games. Ah, it's still there. It is. It's Nickel City now. But, yep. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we had a different name for it back in the day, which I'm not going to share on the pod. That's probably best. It's definitely best. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, that, that place is still there. That place is still there. It's a little, let's just say on the Well, it's t- not a nickel anymore, is it? Yeah, it's still a nickel. Nice. Yeah, and a bunch of free games back there, too. Like, the older games are still free. Nice. So you pay your whatever it is, like two bucks, four bucks to get in, and then all the other games are well. It's like the equivalent of if it was if it was a game that would cost you a dollar somewhere else. If it would cost you four quarters to play, it's going to cost you four nickels to play. Okay. So it's it, it's kind of like the nickel equivalent of whatever quarters sure. it would take to play it. But the, I mean, most of the game like NFL Blitz. Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man. Love me some NFL Blitz, man. Oh, yeah. I, my son, who thought he was good at video games, has played me at NFL Blitz at that place. Oh, dear. And he he was under the impression that he could just keep playing me until he won. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we had to leave at some point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So at some point, he just had to surrender to the fact that his old man, who likes to put definite articles in front of things that don't need them, um, mm-hmm dominates at nfl blitz that's very nice yeah yeah i still use and and he he learned where that phrase come from came from because sometimes i would uh especially when he was a little bit smaller because he's bigger than me now but when he was a little bit smaller and i would you know tackle him and and kind of be holding him down on the floor i would use the line from nfl blitz when when your defensive player would sack the quarterback and he'd get in his face and he'd go i kill you i kill you and i take your power I would. I use that one quite a lot. I mean, that was in my. You would. My my uh, <laughs> my parenting tool belt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yes, he he has learned. I cannot be beaten at NFL Blitz. So it's it's good for them to learn at a young age that you know it is it is you, you know. still got it. To uh, to quote the Princess Bride, get used to disappointment. All right. Well, we're not disappointed. We're dazed and confused, but we're not disappointed. But this mm-hmm. has been another episode of the 30-something Movie Podcast. If you want to head over to our website, it's 30podcast.com, at 30podcast on all the different social medias, regardless of what it is that they're called these days. We are at 30podcast on most of those. Uh, you can, if you go to our website, there is a spot to leave a voicemail. So if you've got some thoughts on Dazed and Confused or any other movie that we've covered or movies we're about to cover, feel free to hop on over there, leave us a voicemail, let us know what you're thinking. We'd love to hear from you and be able to respond to that on the show. We are in, we're about halfway through now, the month of November, the Thanks for the Laughs month. If you're with us over on Patreon, our episodes this month, full-length episode is King Kong from 1933. And we're, we're kind of doing a an extended discussion on that one of the other versions of King Kong that are out there. So that'll be a good episode. It's going to focus on the 1933, but we're also going to talk about the one from the seventies and the one from the two thousands. So that'll be a good time. If you head on over there for that Patreon shorts this month are, it started in 93, the X files. And I truly want to believe that that will be a great episode and the Patreon short. It ended in 93 quantum leap. So Mm. After a 15-minute discussion on Quantum Leap, I will 
hope that I've accomplished something and perhaps the next leap will be the leap home. Spoiler alert, it won't be. It won't. <laughs> yeah. Are you watching the new one? I've watched a few episodes. I was having a little bit of trouble getting into it. I would like to at some point go back and continue because I've seen little clips here and there of some of the episodes and it, it seems like it would still be fun. But yeah, I, I gave it a few episodes and I was like, eh, okay, it's, it, it's not grabbing me the way the original did because I am a big fan of the original, but I'll come back to this later. Like I have some other things I'd like to watch and mm-hmm. I'll come back to it. Are you watching it? Yes. Are you enjoying it? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's no, it's not the original. I think this is going to sound horrible, but you know what I missed from the original Al. is Al. Yeah. Like, where's my Al Calavici, man? I, I know. I know. That's, I think that's the problem I have is, is no Al and Ziggy combo. So yeah. Dean Stockwell, man. Mm-hmm. He's the man. Yeah. Uh, Nothing against also, the new okay. characters. They're fun, but man, he's something else. Yeah. Well, and I kind of, Okay, we dive into TV shows here for a second. A few years ago, they did a show that was, I, I when I watched it, my wife and I watched it, we really enjoyed it, called Timeless. And at the time, I was like... Timeless was super good. Yeah, and at the time, I was like, all right, so this is... Because at the time, there were also rumors of a Quantum Leap reboot. And I kept thinking, you know what? Okay, so this is not Quantum Leap. However, if you were going to do Quantum Leap in the 20-teens... This is probably how you'd do it. This this might be it. Yeah, this is fine. Like this is this is good. And as that show went on, I'm like, all right, I, it's acceptable. You know, if you wanted to, in my head, in my head canon, I could redub this show Quantum Leap: The Next Generation, and I'd be totally fine with that. All right. So for this month of November, so far you've been with us for So I Married an Axe Murderer. This episode was dazed and confused. Next week we're going to be putting on a concert, Wayne's World Two. And then we've got grumpy old men, Robin Hood men in tights, and then we get tight, into our tight. tight tights, and then we get into our final month of the year, December, which I have dubbed the Good Eaten Month, in which we have Alive, What's Eating Gilbert Grape, Tombstone, Son-in-Law, Nightmare Before Christmas, and then actually at the beginning of that month is our 500th anniversary episode, 500 episodes. Somewhere in that month will be Enter the Dragon from 1973. And then our Patreons are going to be <clears throat> Heart and Souls from 1993. Patreon shorts will be it started in 93, Lois and Clark, and it ended in 93, The Wonder Years. So lots and lots of stuff coming in November and December, and we're looking forward to doing all of that and having you here with us. So as always, Bo, Patrick, thank you for being here with me. Thank you for riding around in the car with me this evening. Thank you, yeah, John. Yeah, a great time. I think I'm going to go rewatch the movie. It was yeah. fun. Well, after this recording, party at the Moon Tower. Yes. Party at the Moon Tower. I can't believe that we're going to record a live during Good Eating Month. I'm just saying that's... I, that's the reason that's I named awesome. it Good Eating Month. Yeah. Just I, for yeah. that movie alone. That's, yeah. you know. And I would love to have a really lively food discussion during that episode. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. All right. I'm looking forward to it. All right. We'll see y'all back here next time. Go watch some good movies. Go, go, I don't know, drive around your car for a little bit. Look for something to do. Enjoy. And just remember, you got to keep on living. L-I-V-I-N. L-I-V-I-N. All right, we'll see y'all back here next time.